The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the need for any business in any industry, including medicine, to be able to adapt to our times. This can be done through technological innovation, but it also requires understanding your customers, or in the case of today's guests, your patients. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Dr. Michael Grywe, CEO of OrthoLive. First, uh, why don't you tell me a little bit about your background and what you do at OrthoLive? Yeah, thanks a lot, Greg. I appreciate it. It's great to be here. Um, so my name is Mike Rowey. As you mentioned, I'm the CEO and founder at OrthoLive. I'm also an orthopedic surgeon, and uh, I practice uh, in the Cincinnati, Ohio area. And uh, so, yeah, I, I started OrthoLive um, about three and a half years ago, and uh, it was kind of an idea to try to help my patients, um, you know, to be able to get to see me. And, uh, you know, many of my patients came from sort of a far uh, distance. And so I started a telemedicine company. And uh, so over the past uh, several months, it's uh, grown and grown. We, we were, um, you know, doing fairly well uh, up until the point of the pandemic and then really exploded uh, after we saw, you know, the need for telemedicine uh, around the country go up significantly. So it's been a lot of fun. We got some great team members uh, and, and um, just happy to sort of be along for the ride right now. Yeah, I mean, it seems like definitely a timely thing to be doing telemedicine, you know, during all this this COVID and and lockdowns and and so on and so forth. So yeah, definitely, it definitely seems like it's the right right thing for the right time. Um, you know, what what drew your interest to to using technology to solve a challenge like this? I mean, I I would imagine most of your peers are not necessarily creating tech startups and and things like that. <laughs> so what's you know what's what's the what drove you to do that? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a good question. For me, um, you know, I've always tried to live my life, um, you know, trying to effectively take, take care of, um, you know, my patients in the best way possible. And, you know, a, a long time ago, I, I uh, created a new um, approach for the, the shoulder to, uh, to improve outcomes, you know, with uh, shoulder replacement. And, um, and that was, you know, a good accomplishment for me and, and uh, what I was trying to do. And, and then telemedicine was one of those things where, you know, as a physician, you, you have to like see patients sort of in, in um, you know, rapid fire order, you know, like patients come in and, and there's a lot of patients to be seen. So for me, it was a, making sure that I, I took really good care of my patients, but, but also was able to see them in an expeditious fashion. And so I was looking for a platform to be able to do that because a lot of my patients come from a, uh, a long way away. I have 
you know, patients that'll come from like three or four hours away in like rural Kentucky. And um, I actually practice in Northern Kentucky, right outside of Cincinnati. So they would come and, you know, spend time with me in the office, but it's only about 15 minutes and they'd be driving, you know, three or four hours. So the idea was, okay, well, is there a platform that I can use and still be efficient? And I was finding that it was really hard for me to be efficient and still see my patients. And my patients had to like, you know, log in. It was a really challenging process for them um, with the telemedicine solutions that I was, uh, I was using. And so I, I asked the question, you know, is there something that orthopedic surgeons and other busy physicians can use to help, you know, streamline their practice and, and make it more convenient for their patients too? And so I, I you know, called a few people um, that I knew and they got me in touch with the CEO of a, a very large video conferencing uh, solution um, in the country called VC. And I spoke with him and I said, you know, is there something related to orthopedics that you can offer me? And there was really nothing available. And uh, he said, you know, it's a really good idea. If you're interested in doing something, um, you know, you should, you should start to, um, you know, formulate a business plan and I can sort of help you. So I, I, um, I, I relied on him a lot and we kind of spoke uh, for several months, just sort of trying to outline what, you know, something would look like. And then, um, you know, ortho live was sort of born out of that, you know, a few months later. So, uh, it was just trying to do something that hopefully was helpful for my patients and also helpful for physicians, and that was the that was the goal. Well, let's talk a little bit about then some of the uh, some of the details of of its creation. Then, so you know, what are what are some of the lessons that you learned while creating this platform? You know, what might you have done differently? Um, you know, if you, if you would start from scratch again. Yeah, it's a great it's a great question. Well, there was I mean there were several. Um, what I would say like bumps in the road. Um, and you know, I, I could kind of go through each of them (laughs) and, you know, I learned sort of, you know, what not to do and what to do. But, you know, the first thing was just sort of getting, um, getting the structure of the business, I think was, was critical. I was working with an attorney that, um, you know, he had some business, um, acumen, but, but wasn't like, um, the right person to be working with off the bat. So, for anybody that's like starting a business, I think it's really critical to find, you know, find an attorney that's uh, that understands, um, you know, how to create, uh, you know, the, the proper business that you're looking for. If you're going to take investors, you know, you might be looking for a corporation where you can give stock and things like that. And so that was how we planned to start. And um, for a lot of things, you know, and a lot of reasons, we had initially kind of started our business in the state of Kentucky. And then for some tax reasons, we decided to have it, you know, be in Delaware. So for, um, you know, uh, a few months, we ha- had sort of a flux and we were, we were kind of taking on investors at that same point in time. And uh, through some like paperwork errors with my attorney, we ended up having to like re-sign these investors and like get them back on um, as investors under the correct state and th- things like that. So there were there were a few things that like really were challenging about that. Um, we lost a couple investors early on. So, I mean, there were, um, that was like just one of the hurdles of, of many kind of early on starting up. And then, uh, then we had sort of some, um, some issues kind of with our, our first sort of it, um, you know, team, we were kind of like utilizing, uh, a, you know, larger companies, it team. And, uh, we wanted to build it such that the video system was interchangeable. And so we entered into a contract and everything else, but uh, they made it in such a way that it really wasn't interchangeable. And, you know, without me having great tech background, 
um, you know, and diving into the code. I didn't realize that until later, until we had sort of hired our own chief technology officer, which happened, you know, a few months later. Um, so, I mean, the, the list sort of goes on and on. There's many, many hurdles, but I think the, the moral of the story is, you know, you're going to be faced as a startup, you know, a company and sort of as an entrepreneur with a lot of challenges, challenges that, you know, normal people are just going to be like, you know, crushed by. Right. And so I think, I think the most important thing is just perseverance. And, um, you know, that's sort of, uh, been my mantra, um, you know, since I was a young uh, kid, I think, and, um, you know, always been known just to sort of like continue despite the odds. And I think, uh, to me, that's probably like the most important thing that an entrepreneur can, can, um, take away is, is just, you know, continue to, um, battle on despite, you know, things that seem to be like insurmountable, just continue to, you know, follow your dream and follow the passion that you have. And I think in the long run, um, if you're, um, you know, smart about how you run your business and, um, you're not taking too many, um, you know, unnecessary risks, you can create a really uh, powerful thing, especially if you have a good idea, but, uh, you're going to meet a lot of hurdles and, and challenges along the way. And it's just really important. Just keep on going. That's great. Yeah. That's, I mean, to me, that's really the essence of remaining agile as a, as a business is, is it's, it's not a matter of if you're going to run into hurdles, it's, it's when you run into them and and really what you do and, and surrounding yourself with the right team that, uh, that can help you with that. Um, so what it, again, being a, being an orthopedic surgeon and not a technologist by, by training, what did you do? Like, what were some of the things that you did to, to make sure that you were making the right technology decisions along the way? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, the first person we hired as a team was sort of a technology, um, you know, person. So that was kind of our employee number one was the chief technology officer. And uh, that particular person like gave us a lot of insight into kind of how how the code was to being developed and, and um, a lot of the, the different things that I didn't really understand as an orthopedic surgeon, but I knew I knew kind of how things were needed to work to make sure that we had a successful business. And so it's like anything in life, you know, you build your team um, and you arm yourself with, you know, smart people that can help you along the way. And even now, you know, I'm still building out our team to help, um, you know, fill in the gaps where we, you know, have, um, have weaknesses, you know, and, and my job as a CEO is really to, to lead our team, to use their strengths, to make sure that they're, um, capable of kind of just functioning independently. I think, you know, a lot of this is, is really making sure that people see your vision and can then execute on it. They use their strengths and their talents to be able to execute on the vision that you have. Um, and so I, I think that's what I did early on with the tech piece is, um, you know, first we had a chief technology officer, then, then we began sort of running our own offshore team and, and having our own, um, you know, technology team that we, we were sort of paying for, you know? And so, uh, we started to kind of, uh, instead of outsourcing a lot of the tech, we, we, um, did a lot in internally. And for us, that was one of the the key, uh, landmark things is like creating our own platform and really making it our own was having control over the design and everything else. And, and I think that was, that was critical and, and working with our, our current project manager has helped us to do that. And, and so it's been, it's been great, but, um, ultimately you really do have to have an expert on the tech side to be able to understand the different things and then be able to explain them to you. If you're, if you're not somebody that's, uh, fully, you know, invested in, and 
uh, you know, with somebody with a degree in the tech space. So I think very, very important to make sure that you uh, you work with somebody on your team that's that's an expert in it. Yeah, no, that's that's great. And you know, you you def- you mentioned surrounding yourself with the the right people. And you know, as far as uh, technology platforms go, um, you know, you you also mentioned. Um, having that control over over the interface, and I would even say having that control over the experience um, certainly would be a reason to create your own technology platform. Are there other things about uh, let's you know the user experience, or in this case the patient experience, that you wanted to keep in mind, or that you know were, were reasons for some of the decisions that you made along the way? Right. So I think, you know, early on, we were working with other platforms that we kind of, um, you know, it was the easiest way and the fastest way for us to get to market. And so we were working with other platforms. And so I began to really learn like what it was that was needed to make sure that the patient had a good experience and also the provider had a good experience. And so we utilized that as we created our own platform. But, you know, there were some surprising things. Um, You know, one of the surprising things was, that for patients, you know, just, you know, one more click is, is almost like, you know, it's the difference between a good and a bad platform. And so for, for us, just making it absolutely as simple as possible for patients was, was critical because patients, you know, are, are, they're all different types of people. You know, they, they might be someone with, um, you know, a college degree. They might be someone who's, you know, uh, still in sixth grade and is working with their parents. Um, you know, to be seen virtually, you know, we don't really know who our patients might be, but we have to assume that, you know, the easiest possible methods are, are the best. And so that was probably the most important thing that we learned along the way is just, you know, how can we make this so simple that it's literally just one click to get into the, uh, into the video waiting room, uh, or, you know, uh, a simple, like, you know, can you remember your email address or your phone number? And, and that's how you get in, you know, those are the, the things that we really learned and, and worked on to make sure that it was easy for patients to, to just be able to utilize the application and, and um, do it in a way that was, was very, very simple for them. Well, uh, one last question before we wrap up. Um, along these lines, really, do you see more in the field of medicine changing to adopt more technology, allow more remote communication? Uh, you know, hopefully some of the, the COVID-related, um, you know, all social distancing and all that will will go away eventually. But, you know, do you see this as um, certain trends have been accelerated by this? And, you know, how else do you see that um, technology improving the patient experience in the coming years? Yeah, it's a great question, Greg. I think, you know, the, the most important thing um, to be taken away from the whole uh, COVID scenario is that, you know, technology that allows us to safely see our patients is going to continue to to advance. So telemedicine is here to stay. And I think the, you know, some physicians are going to adapt to the technology. Um, some are not, you know, and, and so, but, but the, the physicians and the groups that do are probably going to see a lot more success in the future than those that don't. And technology yeah. has been sort of a, a barrier for um, a lot of uh, physicians in the past, because unfortunately it's, it's um, soaked up a lot of time. So, you know, we end up, um, you know, disliking, you know, for instance, our electronic health record systems. Why? Because we have to document inside there. And, and a lot of times it's very onerous to be able to, to do that. So you're clicking a bunch of buttons and you're trying to move around and then um, it just delays the uh, the whole experience. And you can't have like a, 
a conversation with your patient as easily because a lot of times you're doing a lot of uh, clicking and, and typing. So technology in the past had really been a barrier. But in this case, it's really been something that allows us to communicate better with our patients, make our patients' lives a little bit easier and better, you know, where they don't have to travel as far or, or whatever. So I, I certainly think technology is going to play a big role in the future, especially in medicine, where there are so many inefficiencies that we can improve with with the technology. So I'm, I'm just excited about the future and how it's going to ultimately change medicine and change things for the better. Well, um, thanks so much for joining the show. Um, for those listening, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Oh, thanks. Uh, well, we have two websites. Uh, the first website is www.ortholive.com. And then the second website is www.springhealthlive.com. And uh, OrthoLive is kind of uh, our orthopedic-specific um, website. And then Spring Health Live, we, we work with other uh, disciplines in medicine to help them leverage telemedicine in their own practices as well. So we can kind of be found uh, both places. Again, I'd like to thank uh, Dr. Michael Grywe, uh, CEO of OrthoLive, for joining the show. To learn more about customer and employee experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.